welcome everybody to the business podcast where we pour out weekly business lessons from entrepreneurs and business owners from around the world. This week's episode episode is brought to you by me, Super Joe Pardo, and my brand new Super Retreats for entrepreneurs and business owners. You can learn more at superjoepardo.com slash retreats, and I will talk more about that at the end of the show. But right now, I need to introduce you to my guest who is making her dreams come true by focusing on what gives her joy. Ladies and gentlemen, wherever you are right now, you need you to give a big warm welcome to our guest, Super Annette Bone. Oh my gosh, I love that welcome, Super Joe Pardo. Thank you. You are so welcome. I I feel, you know, I'm feeling the tiredness come over me. That's why I, I had to slow down. I I'm reading it, but it's just not my eyes just are like like slower than my brain is going. Brain I feel like I'm slurring my words at this point. It's all good. It's all good. We'll have a good time. We will. We will. Super Annette, why don't you get started by giving some background about yourself? Well, I am a podcaster. My podcast is called The Dance Printering Studio, where dance inspires life and business. Never in my wildest dreams did I think I would be having this conversation, having a podcast, doing the things that I do. And I'm also a creative strategist. I love to help people think outside the box, whether it's in dance or business. I love talking about mindset and helping people with their productivity. And I also do voiceover work and I dance. So it's a bunch of things that I love doing. Well, why don't we talk about first how we got to meet and then let's back it up into how you got into dance because it seems to have, you know, encompassed you, uh, itself around your world. Yes. So we met. I have to thank Joe Pardo and I'll forever be grateful because he took a chance on me. He didn't know me and he had me come speak at MapCon, his wonderful conference two years ago, 2016. And the reason that I did it, well, first of all, I saw a Facebook ad. I had no idea. I never went to a podcasting conference ever. And I thought, oh, this would be kind of fun because I've never been and it's out of my comfort zone and let's see what happens. So after I submitted and then, you know, as we got, it, it happens with everything, uh, Joe, that I do outside of my comfort zone a, a couple of weeks beforehand, I get anxious and <laughs> I think, am I supposed to be doing this? I'm scared. Oh my gosh. What have I gotten myself into? And that's exactly how, how I felt that first time. And also the second time, quite, quite surprisingly, I thought, okay, I got this handled. And, but I was starting to feel like, oh no, should I cancel? I mean, all these podcasters that have been around for so long and here I'm coming and I talk about dance and business. And it's a different combination. And I'm with these well-established podcasters who know what they're doing. <laughs> so as with anything uncomfortable, but I thought, okay, I got to do this. So I appreciate that you took a chance on me and it's, it's been such a huge game changer for me because I've met you and I met some other great podcasters and podcasting has just opened up such a door of opportunity for me that, and, and the growth, the personal growth and the business growth, I never thought would come from podcasting. So that's how we met through his wonderful conference, MapCon. Well, I, you know, you, first off, you are very welcome. I appreciate you taking the chance on me coming all the way out across the country to be here and to know that a Facebook ad actually worked for once is, <laughs> is incredible to me. Um, it, it, you know, so many people, you know, gloat about the amazingness of Facebook ads, 
But in my experience, it is it is a pool that is meant to be filled with lots of dollars, um, and <laughs> and that pool has a hole at the bottom, and just leaks on out. So, I you know I definitely appreciate the fact that you uh, you took a chance and came on out, and then you know we've been able to grow a, a friendship from it. Yes, and it's been it's been awesome. It's been an awesome couple of years. It's almost th- three years at this point. Oh my gosh, it goes by so fast. Oh, and and it is really about the relationships. Like I really liked the people that I met and I thought, Oh my goodness, these podcasters are so cool. We have different subjects that we talk about. We're all different personalities come from different bra- uh, backgrounds. Yet we have this commonality of podcasting and it's amazing the community that's built from that. And I give a lot of credit to you, Joe too, because you just cultivate this wonderful environment for collaboration, for growth. And I think anybody that comes to MapCon, they feel just inspired and really part of something great. So I, you know, I, I attribute a lot of that to you as well. So thank you for that too. Well, thank you. I, you know, I, one of the things that, uh, well, the reason I started this podcast in the first place was I, I didn't want to start a Disney podcast cause I'd get too bored with it too quick. Cause it's just one topic. And, and here we are talking about business all the time, but it's more, it's more than business, right? It's life mm-hmm. and business. And that's where it meets right here on the business podcast. Anyway, uh, Supernet, why don't you dive deeper into the whole dance thing and and how it's in, inspired you throughout your life? Because um, you have a, a pretty interesting story about you know the the dance portion of your life. Oh wow, my first love dance that I actually gave up for twenty years and I only got back into it four years ago, and so I started late. Actually, I started dancing when I was fourteen. Actually, the technical part when I started technical classes of jazz and ballet, and I was the oldest one with kids, so I had little kids, and it was me, and it was a little awkward, and my parents really couldn't afford dance lessons, so I offered to work at the studio and trade for dance classes. So that's how that happened, and. Um, to make a long story short, I did study through college and I did do a little bit of professional work when I was on Guam, when I was in high school, when I left, I went to study dance at the university of California, Irvine, which at the time was third in the nation behind Juilliard, which I I didn't know until I got there. And so I, I was a, a little fish in a big pond because all my peers were trained since they were little. Some of them were already working professionally, already had things lined up when they got out of school, technically were way above and beyond where I was at. But I was excited that I was going to finally get the training that I wanted. So um, the funny thing is, though, as much as I loved it, I was experiencing a lot of self-doubt, a lot of issues with uh, self-image and body type. And it was a little bit different back then. Still a lot of that going on right now, not as much, but the emphasis on certain body types in dance and um, favoritism in classes and not getting noticed no no matter how hard you work. And so I was getting very discouraged. And um, I thought, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do after this? Am I going to go for it? I, I didn't have as, – as I was starting to go to auditions for the commercial dance industry, I was getting devastated because I was getting rejected. I didn't know how to handle it. So – I quit right after I graduated from college because I was getting pressure from my family to you, you need, you need to do something more reasonable. <laughs> and also what are you going to do? And here we are, we're, you know, you're, why are you doing this? And it was a lot of that kind of thing. So I quit. I just, I thought, you know, maybe this isn't for me. And so those 20 years was, they were filled with taking jobs that I didn't like and 
allowing myself to be defined by other people that, you know, I wasn't good enough for this and I only fit into this kind of job or this career because I never spoke up. I was, I got very in, uh, inwardly drawn and shy things that I've dealt with a lot, a lot in my whole life anyway. And so, um, then four years ago, I just couldn't take it. I couldn't take the fact that I couldn't walk upstairs any, I was getting so heavy that even walking upstairs was difficult and I thought, this is just, this is not right. I shouldn't be at this age. I should not be huffing and puffing, walking up one flight of stairs. So um, I was missing dance so much because I was watching it from the outside. And I thought that would be good enough, but it wasn't. I was aching and I felt like I was dying inside for all that time. So I decided to get back into it. And that is what has spawned the podcast and the transformation and the people I've met and the opportunities that have opened up that I never thought that dance and podcasting would do. So that's it in kind of a nutshell. <laughs> Hopefully that answers your question. <laughs> yes, a little bit, a little bit. What, so what got you um, open to the idea of starting a podcast? Getting uncomfortable and thinking, OK, let's see if I can do it because I don't think I have the voice for it. I always hated the sound of my voice. I hated talking on the phone. I was scared to talk on the phone. And let's see if I can let's see if I can combine two things that I like. But how am I going to do it when I haven't been in the dance world for over 20 years? Let's see what kind of spin I can put on it. So it was more of a again, a self-conquering thing. What can I do? Let's see if I can do this because, you know, I've been put down so much. I hate my voice. And let's let me just push beyond this and let's see what I can do. That's that's why I started it. And, and okay, so what made you want to get into the business side of things of, of, you know, combining and, and not, and not just the business side of things, but combining your, your love of dance with, with business. Did you, did you already have a business before that or? Yes. <laughs> and I'm laughing because, oh my, I feel like my business education started really well in retrospect when I was working a full-time job after college, full, different full-time jobs in different industries in things I didn't like and things I thought, okay, maybe I can force myself to like it. And then at the same time being involved in a multi-level business, I thought my life was going to be this multi-level business. I thought I was going to make it big in it. I thought all the things that were promised and that were, I really thought that these people had my best interests and, um, I made a lot of mistakes. I, I allowed myself to be very naive and ignore what I was feeling inside because a lot of it wasn't congruent, even though I felt like I had a, gr a lot of growing to do. And of course, I'll always feel like I have a lot of growing to do. But even when I was feeling really weird inside, I chose to ignore that because I wanted so much and I hoped so much. I had just that little glimmer of hope that what they're saying is true and, and maybe I can get back to dance with this business model. And that never happened. And I gave up so many things and I made a lot of very foolish financial decisions based on this, based on the counsel that I got from this business model, not necessarily the business model itself, but the mentorship that was surrounding it. And, you know, I think people are so hungry for mentorship and for coaching that sometimes they'll ignore things that are not maybe right with their spirit because they want so much for things to work. And then just even having that little glimmer of hope is enough to keep you hanging on. So, um, that is kind I would call that non-business boot camp, how not to do business. <laughs> I've learned so much about how, how not to treat people, 
how not to honor and value who you are already because a lot of that, a lot of what was done was predicated on achievement and you were not valuable if you didn't achieve certain things or did things a certain way. And uh, so there was a lot of this shame and blame going on. And maybe it wasn't as prevalent as I am talking about it or it, it appears to be, but I perceive, because I was so sensitive at that time, maybe it was a lot more grand. I'm making it, or it appeared a lot more grandiose than it actually was. But I was coming from a place of, gosh, you know, I'm not dancing anymore. I want to make a business work. I've always wanted to do some kind of entrepreneurial thing. So um, it took a little while to get past that, to finally say, you know what, I, I, it's, I can't do this anymore. I can't. And, and there, um, some things happened and some relationships were broken and it's, um, I, I learned a lot from it, but, um, until that was around 2012. So kind almost kind of recent, I met this woman at of all places, a homeschooling conference. And she did a session on how she retired her husband and had these kids that were doing business online. And I thought, Oh, one of those, you know, very judgmental, but I'll go see what it's about because I was already kind of like, you know, I want to get involved in business, but not the kind of business I was involved in. Let's see what this is about. So I walk in there and she has this picture of this bull or some kind of farm animal. And I'm like, you know, I'm, I live in Southern California. This does not equate. I don't want to hear about how to farm and that kind of thing, even though it was clear what the title was. But then she started talking about what she was doing and how she educated her kids and how her kids, she invested in different things for her kids to be entrepreneurial and they all have businesses. There's like seven kids and they all do their own thing and she does her own thing and her husband has since passed away yet, but she's had this passive income with these streams and ended up, she, she was the one that we talked beforehand was the one that said, you need to build a wordpress.com, wordpress.org site. And here I was thinking, what the heck is that? I don't know what that is. What are you talking about? Well, do she, she would tell me to do things and then I would go figure them out and then she'd send me clients and then I'd go figure them out. So that's how I got started online. And then I got fascinated with all the marketing aspects of it and uh, the different social platforms. And so it was always about, let's see how I can make this work. I never got training in it. I never really had strategic coaching. Business for me online has never been about clarity in terms of, okay, you do this, this. I kind of maneuvered my way around and learned as I went along. That's how it's been for the last, and even with podcasting. I just knew, okay, this is what I got to do minimal to to get this started. I never want to be one of those people that 10 years from now that says, oh, well, I want to do this or this in business and never get started because I'm waiting for things to be perfect or waiting till I have X, Y, and Z in place. That's It just has not been that way for me, which is good because I learned by doing, and that's what it's been like. But um, yeah, it's been quite a journey, Joe, <laughs> an interesting <laughs> one. I think any entrepreneurial journey is interesting if you can find the interesting things in it and see the positive in everything that you've been through. So I would agree with all that. And uh, so how long have you, uh, or how long were you doing the multi-level marketing uh, deal? Oh, tw- that, those 20 years I wasn't dancing. All 20 years you did that? On, Since, as a side job of like yes, whatever else you Yes, as a side. Doing? Yeah, because I worked in insurance. I worked in. I worked at a dental lab in their shipping department right after college. Oh gosh, that was such a blow to my self image, Joe. Not, you know, not to say it just was like, oh my gosh, I'm an artist and here I am packing boxes. I didn't have. A, I had obviously a different mentality and I was like, I, I just felt this pressure from my family to do something. I and I was panicking. I didn't know how to handle money. I didn't know how 
to make money in terms of an entrepreneurial pursuit. And then when that business came along, I thought, oh, my gosh, this is the savior. This is the answer. And I look back at like how devoted I was like, oh, this is going to be my life. And I'm going to be forever devoted to this one thing and put all my eggs in one basket. And that was that was a huge learning experience for me. Like I said, it just it wasn't congruent, but I was hopeful so much that as I was doing these jobs that I didn't like that this would work out and I could get back to dance the way I wanted, but it didn't work out that way, but that's okay. Cause otherwise we wouldn't be talking about it here. <laughs> so. No, that, that's, that is true. I mean, it's the stories that, of our past that make up our, our future and, and yes. wake up where we're, where, where and why we want to head where we want to go. So, uh, so once you decided that podcasting was for you and, and developing a media company, um, what were some of the first steps you took? to to get started once you got past like just developing websites for the podcast i actually looked at bits and pieces of free tutorials <laughs> that's what i did and i started making content notes and making a plan that's basically what i did i planned out based on the recommendations i planned out my first four episodes and how i was going to what i was going to talk about and how i was going to go about it gave myself a deadline and that I just followed that because I knew that I needed to be thorough in terms of following through. And again, the thing that drove me was that I didn't want to be one of those people that said, well, I'm thinking about doing this, but you know, a couple years later, and I know that things happen and things are different for people. Everybody's journey is different, but I, I was, I, I needed to build up my self-confidence again. I needed to build up the wins for myself because I needed to feel like I could do something, something that was important to me, something that meant something to me, not something that was important to somebody else, not not trying to fit into someone else's definition and also playing smaller to fit into something that they thought that I should be. Because I, I you know, I discovered that. I realized that. I thought, you know, I allowed people to downplay everything that I tried to add value to. And I, and I was, and I allowed that and I was okay with that yet inside. I wasn't okay with that, but I was too shy to speak up about it. So I knew that I needed to follow through with that plan because I didn't want people also to be asking questions. So when are you going to start that podcast? <laughs> or When are you going to do this? And so I, it was a combination of a lot of things, but uh, yeah, the free tutorials, I took advantage of that because I, I didn't have money to invest in a course. So but that's you had I time, did. and that's had... that's the trade-off that you get. Yeah, I made time. I made time to do it. I figured out when I scheduled it. If it wasn't in my calendar, it wasn't getting done. So that's what I did. Ah, I love that. I love that. So how did your family take it when you were like, I'm going to do this stuff with dance and a company and a podcast? What's a podcast? <laughs> I still get that. Oh my gosh. I still get like, so what is it? You know what? I, I meet people, Joe, that don't even know what a podcast is. I mean, it's really interesting. And then I also meet people like, well, it's all about the downloads or what are you, you know, how, I don't know if you think it's a rude thing when people say, well, how much money are you making from a podcast? It's like asking someone how much money they make from their whatever. It could be something different. How do you feel about that? <laughs> So, so I get that question asked a lot and anyone that's listened to the show religiously will know that my answer has always been and will continue to always be, well, I don't know about always be, but, but <laughs> it will continue to be for the foreseeable future. If I was in school right now, you wouldn't, the first question you wouldn't ask me is how much money have I made? And, and it's about 
figuring all of that out and and bringing it all under one umbrella of um you know one direct messaging for one brand and building up that 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 uh the wave the 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 momentum of people understanding what it is that you do right and and for me like and people listen to the show like it, you know the show started out as a dreamers podcast i didn't know what i wanted to be when i grew up i, I knew i left my family's business um i had all this experience but I didn't know what I wanted to do. I knew I knew a whole bunch of people that were living their dreams. So like, let's go figure out what they're doing and then maybe I'll figure it out along the way. And with that said, we're coming up on four years of, of this podcast, the business podcast of it, you know, and, and here we are graduation, uh, four years later, I got, I got it. I got it figured out. I see where the vision is going and I, and I, and I'm headed there. So don't ask me how much money I'm making from my show. <laughs> Because the the first question you wouldn't ask if I was in school is how much money am I making from being in school? Because we have time and we have money, right? And energy is in there somewhere too. But time or money? Yes. You got to give, give up one or the two. In your yes. case and in my case, I, we both gave up energy, uh, not necessarily the money. If I had spent the money, I would have figured this, all this out a lot quicker. But yes. I don't have twenty, forty, fifty, a hundred thousand dollars laying around to just be like, hey. Help me figure out what's going on in my head that I want to talk about every day for the rest of my life. Because it wasn't Disney, and and it still is about dreams, and it is about helping people and inspiring people, but I really love talking about business. So, yes, yeah, it's – but, you know, I, I, I resonate with what you're saying and how people, um, they want to focus on what they – you know, what are they going to get out of it right then and there, and it, that's not – really how this works um if you already have a following or you happen to be a celebrity yeah sure like there's gonna be people that are gonna pitch money at you uh but if you're not you have to be willing to to talk about something and do something that's that's going to um attract the right people over and you know they say the tribe and all that crap but you gotta (laughs) you gotta you gotta do what's really inside of you and just keep on doing it so so but so I don't think that answered the question of how your family took it when you're like, I'm, I'm doing this. Um, my family has always thought that I was weird, that I'm, <laughs> they still think I'm weird in terms of, you know, my mom, she's, um, she's very traditional. And so she always wanted me to do the traditional route of becoming a doctor or a lawyer or something. Cause it was always about the money. She didn't come from a very, prosperous minded family and neither did my dad. I mean, they, well, the funny thing is Joe though, my dad comes from an entrepreneurial family, but they never taught me. They never, they didn't really teach him. He joined the military young. And so that's all he knew was the military and working and working. You know, both my parents worked very, very hard and I really commend them for their work ethic. And, but the mindset was very different. And so when, especially when I wanted to dance, they were like, not happy <laughs> at all, and that I wanted to go to college to dance and study dance in an academic setting. They were not, uh, and I would get the constant guilt trip about wanting to do certain things. And so there were, I would have to say, less than a handful of times where my conversation with them was positive. It was, it was, I would always end up, and you could ask my roommates at the time, they would vouch for me that. Pretty much 95% of the conversations I had with them, I ended up in tears and it would take me days to recover because I was just not, uh, we, we didn't see eye to eye. And, uh, 
I don't, I know, I don't know what else to say about that, but, um, I've always been, even growing up though, younger, they've always thought that my, um, what I wanted was either way out of the realm. Like I wanted to be a professional ice skater and I wanted to get lessons, but they couldn't afford that. And so they made me feel bad about that, that I wanted, you know, we can't afford that. And, you know, I love my family and I, and I know that they did the best they could, but I always had to find a way to do things. So when I started actually wrote so funny going, talking about this again, going back to the ice skating, roller skate, this was in Hawaii of all places when I started roller skating and I taught myself like how to do some of the tricks and stuff. The one thing they did let me do is go to the, the roller skating rink and the ice skating rink once a week. So I was thankful for that. And then I kind of watch everybody and people in lessons. And then I try to copy what they do. That was my lesson. I try to copy what they did. And then I'd go home and then I'd practice out in the street. So one thing I have to say is, um, not having things, you find ways to, you find ways around that, which is why I found ways around getting the podcast done, why I found ways to do things. And sometimes that's an advantage, but I think it also depends on your temperament and how you're wired, because sometimes that can really discourage people. And that would totally, you know, some people are very fortunate that they have a very supportive family and have resources that re- money does. I was just talking to someone about this money buys options. So if you have the money to throw at a PR firm, you have money to, like you said, about the followers and all that kind of thing. Um, I-, I was also talking to someone about the whole thing with the vanity metrics, with the followers and that kind of thing. Yeah, if it's important to you, great. If it's, you know, I don't think it it determines who you are as a person, as a business person, your business acumen what you offer, what you bring to the table, I think it is really no indication of that. Yeah, you might be more popular, you might be more well-known, but there are people that don't have your vanity metrics that are amazing, that are, but they don't, and it doesn't discount who they are as a human, as a business person, as an entrepreneur, as whatever, right? So it's interesting we're talking about this. <laughs> well, yeah, so I, so there was a, a message from, uh, a, uh, from C.J. Ripka, you know, Chris Ripka. Uh, mm-hmm. And I don't know if you saw it, but I, he was complaining or, or ranting, I should say, about how people will share like other people's stuff, but they won't share like his stuff. And mm. and my uh, my response to that was like, yeah, you know, people will will, uh, will quote Gary Lee Robbins like all day long, but they, they won't they won't go out of their way to share, you know, stuff to people that they actually know and care about. And Gary Lee Robbins is referring to three people in one sentence for anybody who doesn't know what I'm <laughs> saying, but or one name. But, um, but anyway, that it it, it um, it it is frustrating. Uh, I I will I will give I, I'll give you that I'll give Chris that. But you know the numbers again. It, it's not the thing is is they're gonna grow as they they need to grow, and yes. also how big they they need to necessarily be like I don't know how many dance studios there are in America or even the worldwide for you to ha- like to to cue in on those people yeah i in terms of like getting them as fans or followers or is yeah, that what you're referring yeah, yeah, to yeah, 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 yeah i yeah and it, you know it's funny to There's me only now so many of them out there yeah right? so, and they're like, not. Yeah, it might only be all... like five thousand in the world. So if you had, <laughs> you know, three thousand pe- listeners, well, that that's an awful lot, big percentage of the pie, of of that segment of people that are listening. Yeah, it's all con- it's all perspective and context, and uh, there are people that aren't going to resonate with your message. You know, I come to, I come to dance from a very different perspective than someone who's been dancing behind Prince or Michael Jackson or some other artist. 
I have a very different experience. And I, at first I thought, you know, how am I going to do this when I have not had a career like so-and-so or my friend or whoever? No, I have my own journey. I've gone through my own stuff that I can help who the person that's waiting for me to help them with what I went through. And that's okay. doesn't make my experience less valuable or their experience more valuable, you know, vice versa. And it took me a while to, to embrace that and to be proud of that because everybody's journey is different. And you're not, you know, uh, one of my recent guests, she said, you know, I, I'm okay with the fact that I'm not for everyone. And I love that she said that I, it's been such a process for me, Joe, and it's taken me a while to, to really honor that part of me that it's okay that I can't please everyone because I was always trying to please everyone for so long. And it was a lot of emotional baggage, lots of emotional energy. (laughs) No, I, I totally agree. I mean, I, I always uh, feel that pressure to want to try to please everybody all of the time and and go out of, if I can go out of my way, just even just a little bit to a more than I probably should a bit uh, and, and make sure that they, they're, they're helped or they feel like they're taken care of. I, I do it. And with that said, it, it, it's not necessarily the best way to do it because of the amount, like how much time and energy. Um, and I always like, even from a young age, I used to think like, you know, there's only there, it, everything comes to a point of like, okay, if I, if I pass, the, if I cross this line that I've drawn the line for myself now, I'm taking myself out of the picture to help other people because I want to help this one person or, or make sure that this one person is taken care of. Now, with that said, there, there's obviously exceptions to that rule, but there should be a lot less exceptions to that rule. Like it, sh- it shouldn't be the rule. It should be like exceptions to the rule. Yeah. I'm all for being helpful and being of service and all that kind of thing, but not at the cost of, like what I was doing, denying who I was and not being truthful about the things that I liked and the things I wanted to say and not, I mean, I'm not trying to be antagonistic either. That's not my nature. I don't, you know, I'm not aggressive that way, but I went so much to the other side of the spectrum where I thought nothing I said was important and nothing, and my opinion didn't matter. And I needed to comply with what these other people wanted me to say or be like or whatever so that everybody would be happy. So yeah, there's a balance and situations are different, but um, I, I think it works differently for everyone. And uh, it's, it's quite an interesting process when you, you know, you look back and you can assess that, you know? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, super what is your hobby outside of dance and outside of, you know, building your business and, and all of that end of the, the media company stuff. Well, I guess you would consider it a hobby. I love yoga, (laughs) but it's interrelated. I love yoga. Oh my gosh. It's been such a huge compliment compliment to my life. And uh, I, I, it's so funny because people think that I'm a yoga teacher and I'm like, I have no desire to be a yoga teacher. I want to go to the training to get deeper into some of the subjects in terms of the physiology and what the purpose is of certain things. But as of this day, right now, as we were recording, I I, I love yoga, but not enough to be a yoga teacher. <laughs> so, oh, well, I mean, you could, you know, go get trained to <laughs> to teach a couple of classes. You don't have to make it a full time career. I mean, I know, yeah, that's true. I know at least one person uh, who who is a, a part time teacher. 
to get the free classes. Like she teaches, uh, I think one or two classes a week and gets to attend for free the rest of the ah, week, something like that. Mm-hmm. So, so there's, there's some <laughs> opportunity there for that. Um, yeah, now, we'll see. <laughs> now, what's been your biggest roadblock? Now, let's let's fast forward to like in the recent time, right? Because I think we kind of covered your your biggest roadblock in the past. But when in recent time, recent like last three years, what's what's been your biggest roadblock? My biggest roadblock in business, in everything, just generally, patience. So would you say it's because having too much patience or have not having enough patience? Who has too much patience? <laughs> hey, look, uh, there's definitely some people out there that have too much patience because they're, they're just patiently waiting for the right time. Mm. Ah, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yes. Oh, right? no. That's the perfect the... time. Oh, no. That's not me. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, I would say patience with certain processes. Like, it's gotten better, but that is that has been my biggest roadblock because sometimes before, actually, this was worse before, where I thought, wait a minute, I thought I had this figured out. The whole thing, well, okay, I have, I, I know now, okay, I finally know now what this is. And then you learn some more things and you go through more things and you're like, oh, or me, I'm talking about myself. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, a new challenge. Oh, okay, so... I got to do things differently. So it's gotten better, but having the patience and the just allowing myself, giving myself grace that certain things will take longer than other things. And it's okay. It is definitely better than it is that it was before, but it's still a little bit of a roadblock that has been recently, but not so much like how it was before. There's so many things that have changed since I've worked so much on my internal mindset and in the last couple of years that there've been a lot of things I've overcome that is, things have gotten easier, but then there are new things that come up. So the patience in working through the new challenges, if that makes sense. And so, and how, how do you combat that? Because I know I find myself constantly wanting to just run it like, Oh, I got this idea. I'm going to run with it. I'm going to do it. I'm gonna... And in some cases it's great. And in some cases I spend, end up spinning my wheels and, and spending a bunch of time on something that was like, yeah, it didn't really matter, but I know a lot quicker because I didn't I didn't just wait around. Um, but but at the same time, having the patience to uh, to be a, to allow like to give myself permission to say, okay, I I'm gonna I'm gonna like take a take a step back here and just kind of wait and play see how this plays out without me reacting. How how do you go about like taking that step back and just saying and pumping the brakes and just saying, okay. I'm going to stop and take a, take a, take a breath. I love that you asked that because um, the thing that has helped me the most with that is asking myself questions. And one of the questions that has been hugely instrumental in me overcoming a lot of this and actually getting my mind thinking of positive solutions and also getting the stress down. And it's just this one simple thing of what does this make possible? So when things don't work out, when things do work out, when things are unexpected, I ask myself, okay, what does this make possible? And then I go a whole different direction. And that one, I cannot believe that one question for me has helped me so much. And that, that gives you the power of, of the power of patience. Yes. 
That's that me. That would give me the power to drive faster. <laughs> to See, it's all find perspective that, find and context, that, right? That, that accelerator pedal and just smash it and go, you know? Because it, it makes me step back. Asking myself questions like that makes me step back. It, it For me, it makes me step back. For you, it would be like, oh, okay, I can do this. Let's go, right? So it's it's just a different – for you, it would be a different question or it would be a different process that you – but for me – it is um, because I want so much to have the answers quickly, but stepping back and reassessing and like you said, giving yourself permission for me, that's been really instrumental in helping me be more patient. I have my days. We all have our days, right? That it's not like that. But for the most part, it's a huge step forward for me from past. So speaking of the past, thanks for softballing that in. What was your childhood dream growing up? <laughs> My childhood dream growing up, I wanted to be a professional ice skater and a professional roller skater. You know, it's funny um, that you say that because one of our previous guests here, uh, Stacy Aswad, uh, was was into that, or I think is still like kind of into that whole that whole uh, professional uh, roller skating dance scene. And uh, I, it's something I had never really thought about <laughs> until a few years ago when she was telling me about it. Yeah, I really I thought, oh, my gosh, I want to do that. I'd watch the Olympics and I thought, oh, my gosh, I want to do that. And But then it's funny because I started doing it when I was in Hawaii and Hawaii had they had just opened up their first ice skating rink. And that was the only ice skating rink on island. I don't know if there's any more now, but that was back in the 80s. And then uh, when I moved to Guam, when my dad got retired from the army and we moved to Guam, I had dreams that, oh, my gosh, I'm going to start a roller skating rink and an ice skating rink on Guam. I was in you know, middle school, intermediate school, and I would talk to my friends like, we should get together and start this. But that soon faded away. And then I got into other things like being a president of this boy band. Have you heard of Menudo? Do you remember Menudo from the eighties? Probably yeah, not. Yeah. The Puerto yeah, Rican yeah. boy band. I, I mean, I don't remember them, <laughs> but I know, I know the name. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So I got into Menudo. And so my dream was to be the forever president of the Menudo fan club. So yeah, I was a silly teenager that way. <laughs> Aren't they still together? Like touring or something? I don't know. I, I kind of gave up on them when I got into high school toward the end, when I got into dance more, but yeah, I was pretty obsessed with being the president of the Menudo fan club on Guam. It was pretty interesting. <laughs> I I think yeah, or or for, okay, back in two thousand seven to two thousand nine, they were back together because I remember hearing the name, uh, and 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 what one of them came from that didn't like, like Ricky, Martin. Ricky Martin? Yeah, yeah, Martin. he was one of my favorites. Name. Yes. Yeah, 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 and he's still he's still uh, pretty relevant today. Just doing yes. that. Uh, was it the Versace movie or what? I don't know. Whatever. Oh, that... I don't know what he's up to, but yeah, he's he's gotten pretty. I mean, he was pretty, had a pretty great yeah, career. Yeah, right. Solo Versace, American Crime Story. Yeah. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so anyway, okay. So with that said, do you still want to own a skating rink in Hawaii? Not in Hawaii. No, uh, I don't want to own a skating rink. No, I just want to skate again, though. I've gone ice skating a couple times past not well when I wasn't dancing. And I thought, oh, I missed this, too. Maybe I'll do this again. I don't know. But yeah, it was before I started dancing again. But uh, I would like to go skating again, though, <laughs> just for fun. <laughs> 
Uh, so what, what do you, so what are your dreams for the future looking like now? Oh, why did you have to ask me that? There's so many, but I will say I would love to silently, privately own a dance facility where people can come and train regardless of age and have it built around a lot of self-development besides the dance classes things that I would have loved to go through when I was younger and have a really great curriculum for self-development and for entrepreneurship and for dance. I'd love to combine all of that in one place, but I don't necessarily need to be the face of it. I have people that I would love to run it that I respect and that are amazing at what they do. And I could just be kind of in the background and then I could train with these people and I could have access to all these things that I love without being the person running it or managing it and just silently fund it and silently be a part of it and give other people the spotlight. No, it's something I, I can appreciate, you know, uh, running conferences and such uh, and wanting to, to give other people the their voice. I mean, running this podcast for, for Pete's sake. Uh, so super Annette, how can people connect with you online? They can find me at AnnetteBone.com, A-N-N-E-T-T. There's no E at the end, B-O-N-E.com. And if you want to see some dance clips and things from when I started dancing, Don't Laugh Too Hard, you can find me on Instagram at AnnetteBone. And it's pretty much AnnetteBone on all the social profiles. But where I share most of my journey is on Instagram. Oh Yes, you, you do. And uh, you should definitely go check that out if you uh, haven't already. Um by chance already seen it because she has some awesome pictures that she shares and videos that she shares. So I, uh, man, it has been awesome having you on the show Annette. Uh, it's, it's been way, too, it took way too long to make this happen. So I apologize. <laughs> um, as, as we, you know, go through all of the people that we've had on the show and, and there's a number of people that are still in the same boat as, as you were, prior to coming on the show that I, I need to get around to having on the show, but I, I appreciate you taking the time to, to come and, and be a guest. And um, I'd love to have you on the show again. And before we wrap up, is there any last thoughts you'd like to share? Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me super Joe Pardo. I'm so honored and just so blessed by knowing you as a friend. And I, I, I can't thank you enough for again, taking the chance on me back in 2016, but I would say to people that regardless of what you do, what you don't do, how old you are, what you've been through, what you haven't been through, anything, that you're still valuable and you will always be valuable as a person and that it's never too late to be great. I I uh, I would agree with that. I mean, I will, um, you know, at the age of 27, trying to figure out what I wanted to do. So uh, no college background, no, <laughs> no other... <laughs> real world experience, uh, work experience outside of my own family business and my own DJing business. So, uh, I, I, I agree that you, uh, it's, it's never, it's never too late. It might, you might have to slow it down a little bit, you know, if you got kids in the family and all that stuff, uh, or, or your life situation is a certain way, you just might have to go a little bit slower and develop those patients that, that Annette, yes. <laughs> Annette was talking patience. about earlier. Patience is a virtue for sure. It is. It is. It's something that I've gotten better at as I get older, but at the same time, like I, 
it's really tough for for me sometimes. <laughs> it's more of a case to case. It used to be no patience for anything. Then it became like it's just selective now. Through as I get older, um, and I I I think it'll continue to creep into the rest. Um, but anyway, uh, so if you've been and shared, if you've enjoyed this episode of the business podcast, uh, if you've enjoyed the to listening to Annette's. Uh, story and it's inspired you maybe it would inspire someone that you know love and or care for uh, or care about and you could if you could go and share this episode with them that would be incredible that's all that i ask let's spread the word and get it out there and uh, just tell them to go to uh, superjoepardo.com um, super annette thank you again for taking the time to be on the show Thank you so much, Joe. This has been so awesome. Thank you. It has been awesome. And uh, just to remind everyone, this episode has been brought to you by me and my brand new super retreats for entrepreneurs and business owners. Uh, the first set is is should be live by the time this episode goes live. It's, if it's not, you're going to be going to a landing page that is not live yet. Uh, I, th- I, think it's, I think it should be live by the time this goes live. Anyway, you can go learn more about them. The first uh, 12 of them are set up for business growth. Uh, The first one being in October of this year in Orlando with a private tour of the Magic Kingdom uh, with Dr. Jeff Barnes of of Anaheim or L.A., Riverside, California, Riverside, California, (laughs) Riverside, where there is no river. Um, And... (laughs) And uh, yeah, so it's and his private tour includes uh, it's all about Disney, like like the business lessons and the leadership lessons. Uh, he's written two books. He's given talks. He's he's incredible, and he, he's he's gonna give us a tour of the Magic Kingdom in a, in a way that you've never ever ever experienced before. I'm super pumped for it because I haven't actually been on one of his tours yet. Uh, but that's just one of the activities that starts out the retreat. And, and from there, uh, we're getting mansions, we're, we're getting food, and everything's included. Uh, except for the Magic Kingdom ticket, you'll need that separately. But everything else will be included. Um, anyway, you can learn all about that one and so many more. I mean, we're going to Hawaii. We're going to, like, uh, Palm Springs. We're going to uh, the Outer Bank. We're going all over the country. Uh, so you go to superjoeparter.com slash retreats and, uh, you can learn more and, and get your, get your, uh, application in to, to apply to be at one of those retreats. And that, thank you again so much. And I hope you all have an amazing, an, 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 an amazing rest of the week. Take care, everyone. See you next week. Thanks for joining us for this episode of The Business Podcast featuring Super Joe Pardo. Get more business content at superjoepardo.com. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on The Business Podcast, send an email to joe at superjoepardo.com. The Business Podcast is copyrighted to 234 Solutions, LLC.